Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... odd. This is the... Hello everybody and welcome to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. And here today, with me as always, is Dreadful Dan G. Hello. <laughs> Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. And how are you? So Yeah, cracking. Absolutely fantastic. Oh, lovely. Um, now, Dan, last week we had your top 10 albums of Glorious, 2020. Yeah. Do you want to, um, should we have a little recap on, on what that, what they were? What your list Let's was? do it. We had Love Law by Deerhoof, mm-hmm. Mystic Familiar by Dan Deacon, mm-hmm. The OCs with their Protean Threat, mm-hmm. Flower of Devotion by Dead, Mm-hmm. Uh, Junior Undutoi. Mm-hmm. Um, Welcome to Bobby's Motel by Pottery. Mm-hmm. Future Teenage Cave Artists by Deerhoof. Mm-hmm. McCartney 3 by Paul. Kariki, mm-hmm. the self titled debut. Mm-hmm. And King Cruel with Man Alive. Ain't Ten cruel. fine albums, fine and fantastic. And I'm sure, upon reflection, You'll have realised that they're all your ten favourite albums as well, Sam. Yeah, I was, uh, because there was some stuff um, that I basically saw, um, I think it was on your Instagram or whatever, and which obviously those were were part of. um, And I was just like, yeah, I should have like, I wish I'd listened to them more because when I was editing together that episode, and listening to the music, 
again and all this stuff. Um, I was like, yeah, some of this stuff might have actually made it onto mine, I reckon, if I okay. listened to more of it. But it hasn't. But it hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we should uh, say, obviously today, we're now going to do your top 10 of 2020. Mm. What was this process like then for refining that list? Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, firstly, I realised as I was going through all the music that I listened to this year, pretty much 80 to 90% of it was from 2019. <laughs> and, I was, and I thought it was this year. I was like, oh, well, that, I was like, that album I've listened to loads. I was like, oh, it's 2019. I was like, oh, well, this, this, oh, uh, oh 2019. Oh, yeah. But obviously, like, I've only just started listening to it this year. So to find stuff that was new was became a bit of an effort. And then I did some just deep diving on generally some like lists and recommendations and stuff like that and found some things that I liked and listened to a lot. And then, yeah, it was tough because a lot of these were like, how do I put it? I don't want to give any spoilers. A lot of these, like I'd heard like a song or something. And then mm. it was like, oh, okay. Listening to the whole album um, and being like, yeah, okay. That'll kind of, I feel like this might be on the short list. And then to make that short list even shorter into a top 10 was also extremely hard. And I think I was saying last week, it was like, I generally, I had a general thought on what those 10 might be, but the 10th was always the hardest. Cause it's yeah. like, I can't, I have to respect some of these as being a top 10 album, <laughs> but for some reason they just don't go any higher up my list. And I reckon it's like, I'm going to look up, I reckon in another year's time or whatever, when we're doing 2021, if we're still alive, is that I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, there was loads of music I missed. that was basically yeah. released that year that I will probably start listening to this year. Um, I will look at the, uh, order in which I put it in and be like, idiot, why did you put it in that order when this album was clearly better? Um, and yeah, I'll be kicking myself um, that if one of the albums that didn't make it onto the top 10, but we're in like the the running, um, it suddenly will probably be like the album I'll listen to for the whole rest of the year or something like that. So I find it quite a painful, arduous process. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nature of lists though. They're always flawed. But we do yeah. them because they're fun. Yeah, exactly. And, it's like, <laughs> and I know, like, I shared with you ones that I were thinking, and they're pretty much relatively the same. But, yeah, I've just been, I spent the whole, since last week, I spent the whole time, like, changing the order, swapping, like, listening to one album more just to make sure I feel like it's in a respective place. And then the next day I'll probably swap it, like put it three places down or something yeah. like that. So, um, I know yeah. I'm getting that sort of sense of remorse over my top 10 and my, uh, well, my mm. whole list really. I, I completely forgot one album. It's actually an album that not only did I buy, but I also did a video about it on YouTube. Oh, really? <laughs> I managed to completely forget that it came out. It was King Buzzo's solo album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, would that have made and it even then? even now I'm like looking. It would have made my top twenty definitely. Right, and I'm kind of looking at like uh, I don't know yeah. stuff. I would have liked to have spoken about last week actually, but mm. there you go. Yeah, well, on that I did want to give some honourable mentions to some albums that didn't make it on the list before I go into my top top ten. Cool. Um, so 
I'll just kind of, I won't spend too long on these. I'll just kind of rattle some off. So one that I know we spoke about um, a little bit and which you would want to um, talk about is the Go Go Penguin album. Um, yes. There is a mention of Go Go Penguin coming up in the top 10, but okay. I hadn't, apart from that, I'd never heard of them until you um, had posted about them. And then when I listened to it, I really enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, and I don't know anything about, I know it's three guys. Um, and that's about it. So I know. I and it's kind of like, how do you, how do you describe it? Like kind of um, know, like piano based, but yeah. like really energetic. Well, you know, mostly. I think broadly it's kind of like jazz and jazz it's like, stuff neoclassical like okay. ne- like minimalist classical but it's more than that when i first heard them i think it was their their second album which is called v2 mm. and i was like it's a little bit radio heady in places as well like when radiohead do more of that kind of like you know that more more jazzy ambient side of the, the yeah. output so i really like that about it it's just like really nice clean sound and uh I must say, though, this album, like, I hadn't listened to them for a while. I didn't realise they'd like, done two albums I hadn't heard. Right. Um, I did think this one, it wasn't quite as exciting as some of those earlier ones. Okay. Um, but maybe it's one that, you know, you need to let it grow on you a bit. But yeah, yeah. I, I did slot that into my top 20. Yeah, it was, in, it was just a bit different, really. Um, I just found that quite refreshing. Cool. I, think, I think with a lot of these that made it onto my um, top 10, I think would probably surprise a lot of people who, well, I think people who know me generally would be surprised. I think people who know me intimately would probably <laughs> not be as surprised because I do actually enjoy this kind of stuff. But anyway, sorry. So Go Go Penguin um, was one of them, but the one which I, I feel so bad leaving off the top 10, but I really loved is um, a band called, well, I think it's a band called This Is The Kit. Off, off, on is the name of the album. Have you heard of these guys? I've not heard of them. No, who are they? They're, I believe it's a bunch of bunch of girls, but a bunch of women who, um, it's quite, it's very indie, put it that way, um, and it's just really like super catchy, with a tinge of like melancholia, but also kind of poppy. Um, and it, it, every time, it's one of those albums I've forgot about. And then when I came back to it, I was like, fuck, this is really good, actually. And then I forget about it again. Um, and when I listened back to it, I listened back to it at the same time as listening to all the others. I was like, oh, this might be top 10, but I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And it's the one thing that I feel like, I've, that's the, you know what I was saying earlier? Like, I feel like that's the album yeah. that I will regret later yeah. on not sticking, not sticking in. It sounds um, up your street. It sounds up my street as well. Yeah, it's quite, I don't know, just quite, I quite liked it. Um, something a little bit different. Uh, another one was the Future Islands album, As Long As You Are. Um, I know a lot of people either love or hate Future Islands. Um, I genuine, genuinely and generally really, really do like them. But when I listened to this album, um, I just realised that I was just a bit tired of his voice. Do you know Future Islands? Um. Only a little bit. I think there's one album that I, I listened to a few times. 
Um, yeah. to, to be honest, I had no idea they'd released something in 2020. I haven't seen people talking about that much. No, yeah, it didn't it kind of came and went. I mean, the reason why I think is that I'm, I'm the same as most other people, which is just like, oh yeah, this again, cool. Like nothing yeah. wrong, nothing wrong with it. It's not like bad. And there's a couple of tracks, which I'm like, this is really good. But, um, I feel like I've done it. And I actually saw them live, um, in Hyde Park, I think randomly. And they, and I mean, I know I'd seen them on TV live, whatever, when I actually went to see them and I saw a lot of that music because they'd only had two albums out by that point. Um, and when I saw it live and it was like summer and it was hot, I was just like, fuck, this is like perfect. This is so not, cause you know, they're like hit the main guys, like a, looks like an estate agent or something. Yeah. It's like, you know, a <laughs> history teacher or whatever, an English teacher. Um, and as I was to it, it's like, he's really into it. It's really sunny songs are kind of like quite weirdly bright and sunny and he's got his like crooning voice over the top um and that always kind of stuck in my head that's why I always try and kind of go out my way to listen to stuff when they put put out new new things the album before this I can't remember what it's called it wasn't very good to be honest I think I didn't really like it I thought it was a bit lazy um this one feels a bit better but uh yeah it just didn't make the cut basically I was just a bit like I don't know if I can listen to more of this like unless they do something a bit bit different but i feel like yeah. they've just got their stick and they kind of keep them with it um i know you probably hate this album but tame impala the slow rush i did hate that one <laughs> <laughs> that was i did listen to it and that was pretty much almost rock bottom of my uh my list <laughs> See, I, I quite i quite liked it um i found it quite uh inoffensive and glittery and quite nice and easy to like listen to and chill to or whatever i think um, that's why i didn't like it yeah which is fair enough i haven't um, listened to them before and it's uh so maybe it didn't meet my expectations basically of what i thought they were going to sound like i don't, I don't know if it's uh more bland than that previous album. no it's the kind of it's the same kind of stuff i mean it's just one guy yeah. as well the whole thing like you know that the whole reason he's called tame impala and not like his name just because he realised, apparently, like, he, or whatever, um, that he'd get more traction with a record label if they were a band rather than if he was one person. Nice. And so apparently they were like, okay, cool, we're going to put you guys on tour. And he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to find some musicians <laughs> to come play my, come play cool. my music. Um, yeah, that's quite funny. Uh, oh, well, I've so got I've one. to uh, Dave Grohl, of course. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It's true, isn't it? Um, and, uh, and eels as well, I think. Oh really? I didn't know that about eels. I don't really yeah. know much. He about had two eels solo history. albums, and then it was like, and it was like, well, now it's like the post grunge period. So I better have a band. Hmm. And he was like, let's call ourselves eels, so it sits next to my solo albums. Huh. Didn't know that at all. Yeah, you forgot yeah. about the eagles. <laughs> forgot about the eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Silly. Um, uh, so I'm looking through my list. Right, next one was, oh God, like I've written this down because I liked it, but I've really not listened to it at all. I can't even tell you what kind of music it is. Deridorian, Find the Sun. I think it's okay. quite... Um, not heard of that. No, I think I've listened to it twice and thought that was good and it's just made the list. But I don't know how it got that high up. Um, another one was uh, Nothing, The Great Dismal. I think I sent you this, which was like kind of... Yeah. Um, shoegazy, but kind of like almost emo or something at some points. And it's like, it would like do like something I like. And then in, like right afterwards, it would do something I really hate. 
Um, so, but the stuff I liked was, I, I liked quite a lot, but I was like, there's something here. I don't know. Maybe like someone to look out for in the future. Um, yeah. Library tapes, the quiet city. Um, that's, you might like that. Um, if you like go, go pinky stuff, even though that's more jazzy, but this is quite plinky plonk. It's just a piano. Basically it's just a guy on a piano and it's all very, um, slow and just a bit like almost magical weirdly, but it's literally just, a guy on a piano so it is um, sounds nice but yeah quite liked it um, then there's the, uh, um, the Gil Scott Heron um, We're New Again oh, yeah. um, which I, I know like he's been done to death a little bit but this was I can't even remember the guy that's kind of remixed it which is awful because that's the whole point of why it's out <laughs> but, um, yeah I always find his stuff quite cool to listen to and especially like you know when Jamie Jamie XX did a version. Um, yeah, they did one, didn't they, a few years ago? Yeah, and that was good. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, just listening to that again, I was like, yeah, this is good. But I was like, I can't, you know, I was like, I've, I've, it's been done, basically. Um, but it's still good. Juliana Barwick, Healing is a Miracle, is another one. It's quite, again, it's quite soft, um, inobtrusive but there's a lot of that already on the top 10 and this just kind of didn't make the cut as much as the other ones did still right mm-hmm. though damaged bug um which is bug on yonders is that what it's called yonkers yonkers sorry um which uh was i liked since listening to it from you basically um and it's one of those ones i was like um you know yeah if i listen to that more i'd probably like it but i can't justify it being in the, on my top 10 or anything but a lot of it's, people seem it, to like that it's very OC's that one because mm. that's meant to be his more like electronica I think right. kind of side project but because um, it's all covers of one guy Michael Yonkers right it's like they just went oh let's just <laughs> use any style that we feel like to just cover all these songs so there's some really like yeah, chugging garage rock in there, isn't there? Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, but yeah, didn't I think it was like, I can't quite justify just not listen to it enough. Um, special interest, the pattern of, I think I talked to you guys about these guys as well. I don't really know anything oh, yeah. about them. Um, and yeah, there's some bits I really like, but um, again, it's a bit like nothing uh, who we were just talking about um, in a sense of like, there's bits that I really like and then there's bits that I really don't like. Um kind of mixed in uh, but I feel like there was something something there um, and I'd probably go back and listen to some of the songs off it um, Fortet has a new album out called 16 Oceans yeah I thought you'd like that yeah it's alright like for, for me Fortet um, started stronger and then when he basically started doing what he wanted and started being more I don't know experimental and DJing more and like playing around with whatever, I started to like it a bit less. And this kind of is like a bit of a, you know, halfway house or something between the two. Um, still nice. It's fine, but it's, uh, it didn't really do that much for me. And then randomly, um, a band, I think I think it's a two piece called Rat Boys, have an album called Printer's Devil. And that's basically, there's one song, I can't remember what song it is, um, that I like on it and I listened to the album and thought that's all right um I put it down and then I never listened to it again <laughs> um apparently I really liked it because it's made my general list um but yeah I remember when I was listening to it back to do 
for this, I was like, yeah, it's not as good as the rest of the stuff, but I think it was still worth pointing out. It's a bit like... Fun to watch. Yeah, kind of, but it's more like pop rock-ish. So you, I don't know if you'll like it, but um, it was all right. I think I quite like it sometimes when it's just like a bit unabashed, catchy. I quite like the guitar sound in it as well, if I remember rightly. Yeah. It's, um, it's a girl singing as well, uh, as well, if I remember. But um, it's all right. And then EPs, two EPs, even though they don't count. Um, one was Daywave uh, with Crush. Um which is really good and I really like. And that's probably one of the most listened things, one of the things I've listened to most this year, actually, is that EP. Um, but it's an EP. And it's only like four songs. So it's like, yeah. Oh, an and then Kenny Hoopla, How Will I Rest If I'm Buried by a Highway? Which is that kind of um, uh, bit electro and weird. Um, how do I put it? Uh, yeah, it's that. It's kind of a bit like Daywave as well. Daywave's a little bit like, well, actually, no, it's not. It's not at all. Daywave's not nothing like that. Daywave's more like, um, God, how do I put it? Daywave is more, um, I don't know, like lo-fi indie pop kind of uh-huh. stuff, like sort of aerial pinky, I guess, but obviously not to that extreme. Okay. Um, Kenny Hoopla is more, but a bit more like Ford Tetty kind of, um, electronic chill, but with a bit of uh, energy or something in there, I guess. Okay. Way to describe it. He um, sounds like he's going to be completely wild and wacky. No, he's not. Don't get Kenny Hoopla yeah. in town. Kenny Hoopla, watch out. Um, <laughs> no, that's not, that's not the case, I'm afraid. Um, cool. So, shall we take a break and then go into the top 10? Let's do it. Yeah. So, Dan, are you ready for the top 10 albums of 2020, according to moi? Uh, ready as I'll ever be. Right. Coming in at number 10 is Barty Strange, Live Forever. Um, have you heard of this guy? Um, no, but I recognise the album cover because um, I actually follow this artist. I've been following him for a few years on Instagram. Has he noticed? Oh, on Instagram. Right. Um. So that's literally, I saw that and I was like, oh, I recognise that guy's style, but I do not yeah. know Barty's Strange. Who is he? Yeah, who is he? Um, well, well, I don't really know that much about him. I think he was, I think he was born in England, actually, and raised in America. Um, and I think he was, he studied opera as a kid or something, but then um I said I don't know much about him. Here's his life story. Yeah. But it's only like bits and like interviews whatever I picked up. But um I think yeah, as he grew up he saw uh he started getting into like rock a lot more and like emo and hardcore or whatever. Um and he uh watched TV on the radio and like block party and saw these like black guys doing rock yeah. basically and was like, shit, well I, I wanna do that. And then um, huh. I think he's like toured with like the national and stuff like that. And he's, uh, you read interview, this interview with him was basically saying how like he'd be like, um, jamming with whoever. And then he'd suddenly like put a twist on it and like bring in some 
R&B or he's doing like an R&B track and he'll stick some guitars on or something like that. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, well, it's just doing my thing. Um, it's funny, there's a that, wave of uh, artists coming through now influenced by Block Party and uh, TV on the radio. That yeah, makes me feel really old. Yeah, it, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, um, but, you know, you can, you can see, I mean, he's, saying, he's 31, I believe, so he's not like that much younger. Okay. Well. Well, it takes know. the sting off a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so he, if you, I don't know how familiar you are with his music, if at all, but... Um, I've listened to one song, so you, you know, you've given me a heads up on some of these albums. That's mm. full disclosure for the listeners. Mm. Um, so I've listened to the track Boomer. Mm. Yeah, so that's um, Boomer's uh, um, a little bit, it's not quite as rocky, it's a little bit like rappy, but it just kind of shows... It's kind of one of the more radio-friendly tracks, but it just kind of shows a little bit about his style. Yeah. But what's weird is that kind of every track on this album has its own thing. But um, let's, anyway, let's have a listen to Boomer, and then we can have a talk about it a bit more afterwards. Cool. Hey, bro, hey, bro, hey, bro, look, I'm the Mac. that was way before I did the ziggies in the act. And that was back when I was doing Harlem Nights with 20 racks. They call me Hershey because the money always come and relays. We on track. So, yeah, it's just like every time I listen to this album, I just got more intrigued by it just because it's so different. And that's why, like, when I was going through, like, oh, I was going to make my number 10, I was just like, this feels like it's A, more of an important, maybe, album. Two, it's doing stuff that um, I find quite refreshing. And I can't really say that for much of the other stuff that's, like, on here, for instance, Mm -hmm. like Future Islands, right, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, it's like they're doing the same thing. Whereas this guy's come in and he's like mixing like like pop with R&B with like rock, basically. Um, some Like there is like an emo kind of side to it. Sometimes it's like big epic stuff. Sometimes he's got kind of slow, folkier stuff. He's got some bit of rapping or whatever on there. He's got some more ambient, spacey stuff. And I was like, this feels like more like an ad- adventure. This feels like more like a... He's just put it like all out there and thought, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want huh. um, with each track. And it's just interesting. Like, I don't, I don't think, I, don't, I think even if someone listened to the music and didn't like it, I still think they would respect the fact that it's an interesting album. Yeah, um, I, I quite like this track. Um, I didn't get the level of innovation that you're uh, feeling, but obviously I haven't listened to the whole album. So maybe I need to see all those other angles. But this just yeah, felt this... like pretty good indie rock with a little bit of a kind of like hip hop kind of like swing underneath it. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of general vibe, but there is like more kind of different stuff going on with the tracks. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it's just weird. It's just one of those things that just grew on me and is constantly growing. And I just find myself like coming back to because um, I just find it so intriguing. Uh, so yeah, that's number 10, Party Strange live forever plus you always like uh raining against the boomers don't you i fucking hate the boomers (laughs) that that Um, put me off a bit some of the lyrics here yeah and you know you see this now online all the time boomer you're he's a boomer it's like you can't just dismiss every possible argument (laughs) 
because someone's perceived to be over the age of 40, <laughs> despite using okay. the word boomer. Um, I, felt I like, like the... F- go on, sorry. I felt like there's a little bit of that here. And there's, yeah, just some, I don't know, some, some language I didn't care much for. Yeah, fair enough. I always like the term gammon, um, <laughs> which I don't know if that's a thing in America. Um, What's a gammon? Uh, ga- have you not heard it? I, the term gammon. I have heard it. I can't remember what it... It's basically like an old, like white man, usually, um, whose face just basically looks like a <laughs> bit of ham. That's so like very like, like white, but yet kind of pink and yeah. old and like crinkly and like fat and all this, just gammon. like a slab of meat, a slab yeah. of gammon. Um, and that's basically what you describe. Uh, uh, like, yeah. And people get, people get really offended by it. There's like videos on fucking, I don't know, Reddit or whatever, of like where he's like old, fat, white guys with their massive faces just being called like a gammon don't call me gammon it's great as well because when you think about people who would actually eat gammon they are that same demographic i think that's part of it there's an, there's an element of like gammon. poshness or something to it i don't know or like yeah of, um, well i don't know if it's a posh meat but yeah it's definitely a generation thing like yeah. young people young gammon people and a pineapple meat. ring and some yeah exactly <laughs> yeah which i think you know um, my uh, one of my grandmothers served <laughs> to a dying day. Um, it's gammon and pineapple. It's nice though. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Delish. Um, yeah, I don't know if Americans have that kind of thing. You're missing out. Yeah, move on. Move on. Move on to the gammon, American uh, listeners. Exactly. Um, so next up is number nine which is Working Men's Club by Working Men's Club. Dan, have you heard anything about these guys? I had not heard anything, not a peep. And I also haven't even seen anything like on Instagram. You know, I follow all these like vinyl accounts. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anyone sharing this record, nothing about it. Um, you gave me this heads up on it. And I actually listened to the whole album. As soon mm-hmm. as it finished, I listened to it again. Yeah. And I listen to it again. Uh, really? And I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's great. It's so it worked its way down a little bit from where um I originally put it. Uh just for the main reason that even though I, I liked it, um and I think it is yeah, it's a really strong, uh, good record, but um I was just like I just think I like the other ones more the more I listen to it. Um and who's, uh, who's yeah. rating this album then? Where did you hear about it? Uh Ed. Um, my friend Ed, who you know, he uh, sent me um, the track Teeth and was like, I can't stop playing this song. And when I first heard it, I was like, oh, like it's an actual 80s, like Euro trash or whatever yeah. song. And then I was like, oh no, wait, this was released this year. Like, fuck. Um, and yeah, just got a bit obsessed with it and started listening to it more and more. Um, uh, yeah, so let's have, a, let's have a little listen to Teeth and people can hear what I mean. These days, this time gets stuck between the lines. This time gets stuck between 
so yeah, it sounds very like very eighties, like as an element of new order or whatever. And that with that, too. yeah, and massive. Think, yeah, it and really the, sounds like that whole that whole factory era, doesn't it? Like hacienda mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Um, it yeah, sounds, definitely sounds quite northern. I thought. And it, it is, yeah, and they're very proud of that. So they're they're from Manchester, just like four. It's mainly one one guy, but there's four of them now, I think. Um, uh, who, yeah, they're super young, and um, yeah, it's just really weird how they've managed to perfectly capture that yeah. <laughs> um, and make it sound authentic um, rather than like a parody or prestige. Yeah, show, exactly. Right? From track to track to track as well. I kept waiting mm. for it to kind of uh, run out of steam or kind of like produce something a bit naff. Uh, and it didn't. Mm. It just kept like producing song after song that was good. I, I'd say, I don't think this was one of the ones that stood out as much for me, Teeth. Not so really? bad. I think there's some better, more interesting tracks. Because it's not just that 80s sound. I was mm. listening to it and I was like, like there's bits of Aerial Pink here. Yeah. There's bits of uh, Brian Eno. Uh, every now and then I hear a snatch of something. I'm like, oh, that's taken from there. Or, and not, but not lifted, but obviously like, quite a strong influence. But quite a lot yeah. of that like, 80s, like African, Afrobeat stuff I've been listening right, to. Okay. Had a bit of that in there. A bit of like Ethio jazz, even. Right. Um, yeah, I was really impressed, actually. A lot of cool stuff kind of like in the pot here. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in seeing them live or just like yeah, you know, me what, too. what kind of comes out after this um but yeah that was uh that was a good one something a bit different as well which i'm always you know always up for i also thought there was um, a bit of the uh the spirit of the fall in there especially like his vocal delivery at one point it's just like okay. <laughs> it's not something like you fucking you're a fucking cunt i can imagine <laughs> him like doing the proper mark smith like canta <laughs> Yeah, well, I think part of it is that they um, they're very vocal about the fact of like fuck the music industry yeah. or the main guys. I forget his name. Um, you know, uh, all these twats from like South London who like play the windmill in Brixton and then get famous for like a day. Um, you know, uh, this whole like fucking sign to a big label and and you'll get like I don't know like. Adele or whatever to tweet you out and then suddenly you've sold like a million records yeah. or whatever. Um, they're very cynical in that way and a bit, yeah. I wonder what they maybe think of... Maybe a bit um, anti-establishment. Yeah, I wonder what they think of Fat White Family. Because yeah. I had a well, little I think bit of similarity there, but that sounds like the type of band that they might be criticising. Yeah. Uh, well, they've criticised idols, I think, as well, a little bit. Who you would know... Um, I wasn't a big fan of uh, particularly um, their record this year. Spoilers, they're not they're not on the top <laughs> ten. Um, but yeah, uh, the fact I think they were quite vocal. I think the same way Fat White Family was with like uh, you know spouting their political bullshit, basically like whatever. Um, it taking precedent over the music itself, maybe it's like well, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Um, it's such a generic name though, like their name. And then to use that as well as the name of the album. It's yeah. like, come on, guys, you can do better than this. Yeah, well, the cover is just like, it's so 80s. It's like a Hacienda kind of, yeah, just a design, like a New Order thing. It totally looks like that, yeah. We've been um, to a working men's club, haven't we, Sam? 
Yeah, we saw Ariel Pink there. And? Oh, Harry Merry. Yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> How could I forget that which confused me to this day? <laughs> a grown man with weird hair, an old man, a fat old white man, dressed as a little boy sailor, doing out of tune music. Uh, um, we will cover this on Oddcast. <laughs> Some Harry Merry. Um, he's done a TED talk, by the way. Uh, so just keep that in mind that he played that kind of music to <laughs> TED audience. <laughs> Fantastic. It's just surreal when you hear about it. But um, anyway, Fire Far Away from Harry Mary is uh, number eight, which is, and I'm, I might, don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Hanya Rani with the album Home. Um, so Dan, Dan, I'm going to ask you this about each one, but do you know anything about Hanya Rani? Mm, no good because neither do i i know she's a woman um and that's about it so she's uh, a piano player basically yes. um she's very much inspired by go go penguin apparently um uh, and, which you might hear in some of that um i really like this because again it was kind of like very soft piano the songs feel like a slow burn it's in like this thing's kind of brewing under the surface and they kind of come up and they go away. And the whole album just felt quite cathartic um, to listen to. I guess, I'd, like, as I was listening to it, I was going, this is kind of like a painting in my head or something. And I know that sounds really weird and surreal to say, but almost like the playing was like, this is so lame to say this out loud, but like the paint, the playing was like the, the brush stroke um, of a paintbrush or whatever, just like delicately like laying down these kind of things and it's all kind of starting to come together and you see what the painting is or something like that. Um, and I don't know, I just felt it was very like pretty and beautiful, put it that way. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, again, after you gave me a heads up, I listened to the whole album and it was really, really nice. I think it's easy to do this sort of thing Um and do it in a quite a mediocre way mm. and for it to still sort of sound nice. So there's quite a lot of that out there, but I thought this was really, really good, really well done. Like you said, I, I did kind of go, oh, it's got a bit of that Go Go Penguin vibe. Mm. Um, but it also kind of reminded me of like just some other kind of like experimental kind of ambient piano players really mm-hmm. brought to mind. Do you know Harold Budd who died in 2020? No, I don't think so. He's... Um, the, the critics used to say like he played ambient piano music, which he hated. He didn't like that tag at all. I think he he termed the expression soft pedal, he called it. Soft pedal. Right. But he worked with Eno and he did stuff with um, Robin Guthrie as well. Right. Cocteau Twins. So he was, okay. he was older than them, but part of that whole, you know, that like ambient sound, which then starts to bleed into like dream pop and... Yeah, and all that, that kind of thing. That's no, I've never heard of that. Never heard of the guy. He's really good. Um, you should um, you should check him out. It's really yeah, like beautiful, relaxing, but it also has some like significance and weight to it, which I thought this did as well. Hanya yeah. Rani. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so for people to have a listen to at home, I chose the song uh, Tenon, uh, which you can have a listen to now.
So that was Tenon. Uh, I think part of it as well is that it sounds a little bit like, I don't know, Sigur Ross, which you might hate the comparison to. But um, No, I liked Sigur Ross. Mm, Not as much as you, uh, but... Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, fair enough. It, but um, all those kind of delicate parts, which uh, is quite nice, quite nice and fancy. And I think she actually filmed in Iceland for part of it. So I think it's trying to invoke that yeah. imagery, let's say. Um, so it's Hani Arani home. Now we're on to number seven. Yes, uh, which is something a bit different. Down lucky number seven. Lucky number seven, which is run the jewel with RTJ. Four. Um, now, the, these guys are fairly trendy, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. What did you? I've not. I've not. Well, actually, it's a lie. I've listened to a couple of tracks before this, but I only listened to this album because I'd heard on the grapevine that this was like, oh, this is the you know one of the best albums in a long time, blah blah blah, and all that, and like, yeah, whatever, and then. I hear about a lot about these kind of um, albums by like, I don't know, however you want to call it, hip hop, rap, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, same thing, like whatever. But I'm quite dismissive um, unless it's something that really strikes me with it. But when I was listening to this, I was like, just really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> just really liked it. And I think the production on it is um, phenomenal. But uh, yeah, what did you what did you think? Have you, have you been a fan of these guys already or... A little bit. I I was coming from a similar place of cynicism as you, I think. I actually, when I look at my list from 2014, um, I had Run the Jewels 2 in my top 20. Um, So that was the first time I'd heard them. And then I think after that, I didn't listen to them again. And I I became a bit kind of like, uh, I'm not sure I actually really liked that as much as I I purported to. Mm. Um, Again, I've got a bit of an issue like with some of their like lyric and lyrics and content and stuff. Yeah. It's like it feels a bit like there's a um it's a bit hypocritical, there's double standard mm. where like there's a lot of like misogyny and homophobia in some of the lyrics. Um yeah. which is like meant to be like really cool, like pitchfork and all this. Like, oh yeah, now we all like hip hop. Um but you know, if we had that in the music of like a traditional guitar-based band, it would be absolutely shocking, and you know, it wouldn't be allowed, and blah blah blah. So yeah. I, I went off them a bit because of that. When I saw it in your list, I was a bit like, "Oh, here we go." Um, I've heard <laughs> a lot of people talking about the like social issues that are discussed in this album. Mm. Um, there's, I think, there's literally stuff about like kneeling on someone's neck, and but it was it was recorded, you know, in 2019, I think. Right. So it's quite prescient. A lot of people have got into it for, for that. Anyway, that's a big preamble to saying I listened to this uh, track, Goonies versus ET, and mm. I really liked it. And then I went on to listen to a couple more, and I mostly liked those as well. I wasn't, yeah, like coming away raving about it and thinking I'll necessarily get into them again. But I might, I might listen to the whole album. I think there's a bit of a kind yeah. of prodigy vibe in some places. Like you say, it's the production that kind of um, gets you excited. Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, there's other people on it, such as like Josh Holmes on it, Zach De La Roca, uh, DJ Premier from uh, Gangstar fame. Um, and they're totally, I just like the way they just seem to be a bit like open with whatever. So there seems to be 
it's not quite in the same way um as like we've heard from like Barty Strange or anything like that um if I'm saying that right uh but there's that you've got some how do I put it you've got some like dark synth sometimes some mm. like dubstep sometimes there's something a bit more experimental going on um some trip hop some kind of quite rocky kind of stuff um and I think my main thing is that I, I find that sometimes with a lot of these like rap records or whatever, um, the, they don't, it feels like the emphasis is placed on how the words are put together yeah. rather than the music behind it or anything like that. Um, yeah. Whereas with this, yeah, as we've spoken about, the production is tight and it's just great in itself. And there's an element of like, you could put something over that and it would yeah. still kind of work. But with the rapping... Yeah. Um, don't don't the, care about the bars. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the rapping feels more like melodic in a lot of these songs. Okay. Rather than just straight out like shouting, blah, 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 blah. There is still an element of like, you know, if I'm reading it, if I remember it rightly, I should say, um, like bitches or whatever and things like that. And it's like, okay, like I'm not... It's that old hat now. I'll be sick of that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, a little bit like we're still doing this. Okay, cool, cool. Um, but the, the melodic nature of the rap in itself, I thought was quite, quite nice. That feels such a, like such a white thing to say, but it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Kind of true. Um, and listen yeah, to uh, your run the jewels and sit down and yum up your gammon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing as well as that, like when I was listening to it, I was like, it's good to have on, um, in any kind of environment. So I found it quite nice to listen to in the background. I also found it just quite nice to like turn it up and just kind of rock out a bit to it or whatever. Surely not um, any environment. You wouldn't play this in a nursery uh, church. <laughs> you know, wherever you want. Um, a Trump rally, just wherever. <laughs> sure, you know, it's suitable for whatever environment. Um, but yeah, it was, I... I liked it more than I thought I would. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just like, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, I can see why this is popular and why people think they're trendy yeah. and cool. But I do think like as a, a big part of it is the fact that people don't realise that, yeah, the production behind it is actually really fucking great. Yeah, um, maybe I should give it a listen all the way through. I like their yeah. album covers as well. I like how they've kept this consistent theme and they just... Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? ...present it differently each time. Yeah. What I don't like is why all the song titles are in lowercase. Why is that? Yeah, It's a a style. A lot of people do it, don't they? So annoying. So Um, annoying. I know uh, a few people who will write, uh, how should I put it, like emails or like posts on social media or whatever, all purposefully like lowercase with like no punctuation or something. Awful. Just to be they shouldn't be employed. Different. They should be sent back to school. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's just like, I don't know. Like, what, what, why? I don't, sometimes it's just like, do you think that's cool? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think mean, yeah. it looks quirky. What's the, what's the cool thing of it? It's like, just fucking write it. It's like, it's like putting a Z on function. the end of things back in the late 90s. Exactly. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's like, okay. Um, I don't get trends generally because I think you're nailing yourself down to a time <laughs> rather than being ever present yeah. and ever relatable and you know evergreen as it were. Yes, you're kind of 
you perennial pleasures it. of good honest queen's english <laughs> exactly what's wrong with it anyway um let's listen to that track that we were just talking about which is goonies versus et if i make another wish i wish for a wish for you for you hey one two Gad, you heard of these lads, the myth that we made a grip, never wrote dick. Truly the Cadillac, I had to contract L's on a quick. Stick them up, slick, talk of no tricks. That's the funniest shit. Finally, the money up and print on the kid, and the planet hit skits. Living in a valley of flames, like I win. Skyline of blaze, and a bomb rock pick. You don't want to acknowledge the wrong, give a shit, never now. You can talk to me fun when I'm gone. Bad news, bearing the law, with big claws, trying to hold the whole lives in his paws and applaud. Swear to God, damn, the whole city, i make a bull man's heart. We got scars for hearts. Shit for eyes, baby, living in a one chance lot, so I stick to the art. Oh my god, I'm old to mad. Cash it back. Running through dead song, hope it don't crash. Tennis song, motherfucker, bring it up fast. Which brings us to Dan, number six. Which is? list. Number six, Mary Lattimore, Silver Ladders. Mm, um, that sounds like a, a lovely album. You'd be right in thinking it's a, it's a lovely album. What did you think of this, Dan, when you first heard it? Yeah, uh, again, I just heard it the other day when you gave me the uh, the heads up. I, I really liked it. Um, again, sort of similar feel to, um, what was her name? Rani. Yeah. Tanya Rani. Um, again, I just thought very well done. Like high quality, like really nice sounding, uh, very absorbing. Mm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really, really nice. Yeah, the, so the story behind it a little bit is, um, so she plays the harp, basically. Um, and as I was listening to it, I was like, there's something, I was like, there's something about this specifically, which, I'm, which I really love and I really enjoy. And um, I realised, I was like, I love how it's got these kind of like sweeping guitars in the background mm. um, and all this. And then I read up a bit more about it and I was like, ah, oh, that's why, because it's produced by... Uh, Neil Housted, um, who oh. is the guitarist and like basically main songwriter for um, Slow Dive. Yes. And when you listen to it, it is pure Slow Dive guitar sound, basically. Uh-huh. It's that, like washy, reverby, um, kind of shoegazy, yeah. almost sound behind this harp music. Um, and I just think it complements it like really well. And it's just, it creates this kind of, um, I don't know, it like, it like nudges something in my brain, which I wasn't really aware of that existed in a <laughs> good way. So it really, you can get a bit lost in it. It's quite mellow. It's quite sweet. Um, and yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Like when would you ever listen to like harp music? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and enjoy it, let alone it being like number fucking six on my top ten albums. <laughs> I suppose yeah. there's um, Joanna Newsom, but this is a completely different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah, I was never like hot into um, Joanna Newsom. No, I mean, uh, yeah. like I always thought it was okay, but it never really um, did that much for me. But um, that was just one like, album in particular that was really good, actually. And I can't remember what it was. But, Ease? Uh, that was the one that kind of got promoted know. quite a lot. I don't know, it might have been. That was the one that um, Albini and uh, Van Dyke Parks worked on. But, you know, that's, that's it, like a folky kind of thing, isn't it? And this is, like yeah. you say, the big reverby, beautiful, dreamy, ambience, filmic kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Uh, Joanna Newsom, she's not coming up on Spotify. I'm trying to find out what the album was, but mind. She's got the Muppet Show theme. It's the only song. <laughs> wow. <laughs> doesn't which doesn't sound doesn't sound right. Uh, um yeah, so uh, let's listen to uh, the song Till a Mermaid Drags You Under. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. this in uh, Cornwall in Newquay where the guitarist has his own where Neil Bowsted has his own um, studio and all this stuff um, and I think he always bangs on about like how you know his environment inspires him and stuff yeah. I can imagine there's a bit of that going on here too and yeah, talking I, about that sorry go on. yeah I can imagine that like quite a, um, a stark Cornish landscape yeah leading yeah, onto the tape especially like this year or whatever <laughs> Um, so that kind of brings us on nicely to number five, which is Fleet Foxes with Shore, but as in beach, Shore, not as in like, sure thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you're not a Fleet Foxes fan, have I got that wrong? I really liked their first album. I liked that a lot. And then I lost interest really. Um, yeah. But I did come back to them for this one. I did listen to this. And didn't make my top 20. No. Um, I didn't dislike it, but it just, like a lot of the albums that you've mentioned already, your um, honourable mentions, Mm. it just didn't really hit me. And I just kind of thought, I've heard this before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it didn't really resonate or move me. So I just thought it seems quite Um, Mm averagey. And nothing too special, but... Yeah, I only listened to it once. 
Um, I must say, listening to this like, one song, um, I did like it. Mm. Maybe yeah. should we give people a burst of it? Yeah, all right. This is the song Featherweight from Fleet Foxes. different bits and um 
Yeah, I guess like the only the only thing which like for one thing, I thought the songs weren't uh were good to listen to. I didn't feel like there was any particular like strong songs, if that makes mm. sense. It felt like everything was good, but there was nothing that was like, fuck, this is mm, this is like banging. Um this is a pucker song. Okay. Or anything that was like I'd pull out and be like like even so much as I love Featherweight. Yeah, it's good. It's a, it's a good song and I really like it. But um, I think with a lot of the other albums, there's something that I will like hook into. But with this album, maybe it's because there's so much of it as well. It's long, maybe, isn't it? Maybe I should listen to it. Yeah, there's just a lot kind of going hour. on. Yeah. Um, I just feel like there's not, there's not one... I feel like I have to listen to it as a whole to appreciate it rather than being like, I'm just going to listen to this song and pluck it yeah. out and listen to that. Um, and maybe I need to listen to it a bit more, but uh, still, it's you know it's quite high, still number five. So you know, well done. Um, as well, I think it, if I remember this rightly, there's they either made a short film to go with it, or a short film existed and they did a soundtrack to it. I would imagine it's the former, but okay. um, there is a video out there, I believe, that you can watch, which that which has which this album is an accompaniment to or some sort. Oh, cool. I don't know. Um, I've not seen. I've not seen it. I just know that it's out there somewhere. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I can uh, imagine it mm. as a soundtrack. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know. I was just like, okay, I was a real. I was really surprised because it's like I had zero expectations when I heard this was coming out, and then when I listened to it, I was like, okay, cool. I just hope they don't go too much into like a more band of horses kind of sound which i think they do tip over into a little bit and i do really like um i do like band of horses but it's like they do that really well mm. don't and also they've been doing it for like 20 years or whatever yeah i like, don't emulate that do your own thing um whatever that might be uh but yeah i enjoyed it that's right yeah some some advice there for the uh, fleet boys and uh <laughs> Nice to have them back in your life, like a like a forgotten lover from your uni days. It's true, Strode though. straight yeah. back in to the top five. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Have a listen. Uh, that brings us to number four, and I know this made your top 20, damn, um, at least, which was Destroyer, Have We Met? Um, now, I know Destroyer, the only other album I've listened to is Destroyer's Rubies, is it called? Don't know um, that one. No, I think it's one of his earlier ones. Um, and I remember listening to it way back when and being like, oh, yeah, it's cool. Forgot about it. And yeah, and then all of a sudden he's like, back. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, oh, he's been doing stuff. He's actually had like three or four albums out since then. Like, not listened to any of them until this one. Um, yeah, I didn't realize like how well known this guy is or well, seems to be this year. Those people sharing this as if, like, oh, yeah, Destroyer, Destroyer, Destroyer. I only heard about them last year through um, mm. William, friend William. Right. It's just one guy, isn't it? Is it one guy? I'm not sure. No. I, get the... I thought it's just one guy but who looks like me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, first of all, I was like, Destroyer, that should be what, like a Swedish death metal band. Just some guy in a <laughs> yeah. white shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I heard the album Ken... And um, I've got tickets to see them. And of course, the show got postponed. 
Right. So hopefully I'll see them in 2021. But yeah, I I like this and I was like, oh, didn't know this was going on all these years. Maybe that's why it's called Have We Met? True. He's reintroducing himself specifically to you and me. Yeah. And we're saying, saying, no, Destroyer, we haven't met. No. Well, we did meet, but it was a long time ago. You've probably forgotten. (laughs) We've not been intimate, Um, Destroyer. Huh? We've not been intimate yet, Destroyer. No, not yet. But I'm ready to be destroyed. (laughs) Um, Rectally. Uh, So (laughs) I thought, um, again, this was uh, a little bit different. Um, His voice kind of reminded me here more so than when I've heard it before of uh, Defend Your Banhart or something. Uh-huh. Not to that extreme, but like there were hints of it, I think. Um, there's some, it's a nice mixture of like, there's, how do you, how do you say it? There's like, it's, it's like an electronic thing kind of going on, but you've got these like, at times like these kind of cool 80s sounding guitars that kind of come in and out. Um, it sometimes feels very close and personal and a, sometimes a bit ambient and the second half mm. of the album I thought is like just a little bit weirder maybe than the first half is not probably uh, for the most part as immediately accessible. Yeah. Um, but, but I like that. I think, you know, that's all right. It's got some hooks in there. It's got some, you know, different bits. It doesn't feel um, predictable or anything like that. Um, and yeah, it was just, again, interesting it's just an interesting listen from start to finish i felt i agree yeah i thought um like comparing to some of the albums i had in my top 20 Mm. so this was in my top 20 nearly got in the top 10 but Mm. um like dead um you know i thought it had that same 80s haze about it yeah that dark again like twin peaksy a little bit those like Mm. reverby guitars um I read, apparently, he just sat at his kitchen with a microphone and sang these songs into it and then just sent them all to another guy who's like his key collaborator. And right. he made it all sound good and made all the, all the music. And like, or like he would program in really crappy like laptop, laptop drums yeah. and this other guy would like make them proper drums, all that kind of thing. I thought, God... How nice does that sound? Basically, yeah. he gets to do the fun bit. I just get to sit here and like sing my songs, my lyrics, and someone else will make it all sound like good music. That's mad. That kind of diminishes his my respect for him, to be honest. Yeah, he should have kept it quiet. I thought it's just that one guy. And there's someone actually making all this fucking music behind it. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, anyway. My favourite that- song by a mile was It Just Doesn't Happen. Well, luckily, Dan, that's the song that we'll be listening to right now. This is Destroyer with It Just Doesn't Happen. You're looking good In spite of the lies Time of the night They play her favorite song She's just too dark to care High water everywhere 
smoke gets in your eyes You throw yourself down on the playground Skid to a halt on the runway You cast a poisonous look to the sun You know it just doesn't happen to anyone You know this doesn't just happen to anyone Um... It happened so, for you, Destroyer. It happened yeah. for you. You landed in Sam's top three of 2020. Top four. Top top four. Don't. Sorry. Don't. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't happen, Destroyer. <laughs> um, number three, and this all got um, changed around, which is probably why... Uh, I just don't, I don't know. I'm still like looking at this going, is this my number three? But I was thinking I did really love this album and I've listened to it probably the most out of all the other albums here, which okay. is the Mets album, Atlas Vending. Um, now, I know you got it recently and you started listening to it, right? But yeah. I felt like this was a real return to form and I just... Like, I still enjoy that Mets sound, that pure rock energy, like fucking balls out thing. And I was just like, yeah, like with something, with a few of these songs, um, I felt like the sound had changed slightly. Um, I felt like, like for the better, I should say, I felt like they'd, they'd probably sat down and been a bit more like, okay, let's like write a song rather than like, probably jamming or smashing stuff together and being like, oh, there's a song there, um, which I felt like maybe a lot of the previous stuff was. Um, these felt like a bit more hooky and a bit more considered. Yeah. Um, and I just really loved it. I enjoyed it. This was yeah. right up there for me. Like, I really had that painful decision when I was doing my top 20, like what goes in, what goes out. So this was probably like mm. 21 for me. Mm. Um, and I was listening to it earlier today, actually, on my walk. And mm. yeah, it's starting to bleed in a bit more. I agree with you. There's some more, you know, for want of a better word, poppy moments in this album. Yeah. Stuff like, um, well, the, the song I think that you might be playing for us, <laughs> right. Youth Industrial Park, has, yes. you know, some really hooky backing vocals that mm. sound really nice that I don't think we've heard from Mets before. No, it feels like a little bit more unpredictable which is how the first album felt. And then they kind of, it seemed like they got a bit lazy with their sound. And now they're like, they've shaken it up a little bit more. Um, But yeah, anyway, let's listen to Blind Youth Industrial Park. got that rocky hardcore like just intense sound and i just felt like it really i really needed it this year as well <laughs> it's perfect time for the mets album um so well, like yeah. you say they've progressed it to 
in places sounding a bit more like indie rock. Mm. Another one that stood out for me is uh, Hail Taxi. Yeah. Which has a really poppy chorus. Yeah, super poppy chorus. It's almost like the stereophonics, for F's sake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I go that far, but it's the definitely... The bartender and the thief are lovers. <laughs> bash, 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 bash. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I think as well, like, uh, their final track, A Boat to Drown In, um, I think I was telling you this earlier, but I don't know if I did it on the podcast or not, um, as in earlier as in when this album came out, whatever, in the summer. Mm. Um, was that I was like, this sounds like something, this sounds like I'm sucking my own dick, but I was like, this sounds like something I would write, but they've like done it better and how I would like want to do it if I was, you know, any good. Um, and yeah, when I heard it, I was just like, fuck, this is like, this is, this is what they should be like, like doing songs like this, like not necessarily every song, obviously, but I was like, yeah, this feels for me like it's a natural step in the right direction. Like they've tried something out here and I like it. And um, it sounds like a cell song. They've been influenced by cells, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, (laughs) To do like an ambient noise jam at the end that moves into, have they been in your iCloud? Yeah, exactly. Are you, yeah, they are, just are you it. about to be in the next wave of the fappening? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's, um, but yeah, and when I saw the, because uh, they did their um, live, it wasn't live, it was pre-recorded, but um, thing that you had to buy tickets for. Oh, yeah. Um, and they did the whole album. Um, yeah, that kind of gave me, because usually we see them like pretty much every year, it feels like. But, yeah it gave me like another appreciation for it to see it live in that environment. Um, especially like watching the drumming and all this. Um, yeah. And I think that helped kind of push it up the list because it was a bit further down. But when I listened back to it, I was like, what am I doing? Like I've listened to this album more than anything. And this is fucking rocking. This is, yeah, this is great. This is what I wanted. I was like, why am I faffing about with all this plonky piano yeah. shit? <laughs> like, I just want some fucking <laughs> cock out rock. Um, and yeah, so that's why I kind of boosted up the list a bit further. Um, My favourite song, despite yeah. those newer elements, is the mm. first song, Pulse, which might be one of like the most bruising, like brutal, punishing songs I've heard from them. Mm. It even sounds a bit Swansea in places. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, like the band Swans, not from Swansea, <laughs> from Swansea. in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with this Swansea scene. Lost, <laughs> lost profits. I know, wait, can't talk about lost profits. Um, <laughs> I always feel bad for like not to go on a lost profits tangent, but like it's got to be. If you're in lost, if you're like not Ian, what's his name from Lost Profits? You're just in Lost Profits as the guitarist or the drummer, or whatever. Because there's a few of them as well. Then it's like, well, what do we do? Now? <laughs> what do we do now? Like, I'm, because of our fucking singer, our entire fucking. Um, like career, even though they didn't do anything wrong and they totally denounced him, all this stuff, everything's just like, fuck, they can't like just come out and do a reunion tour, it's lost profits. Um, even, even if they go and do anything and go, oh, yeah, I was in lost profits, they're going to, the first thing anyone asks them is going to be, are you the one with the yeah, exactly. problem with the kids? That, are you the paedophile, basically? Um, no, no, not, that know. wasn't me, that was the other one. I just played the other guy. Yeah, with their fucking spiky Japanese haircut. Um, <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know, um, 
Lost Profits were a band that were big in the early noughties, I guess. Yeah. Um, who were part of that, uh, yeah, that kind of British emo. Was wave. emo kind of going on? Yeah, yeah it was like new, new metal, hundred reasons. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, they were from Wales and they had like a whole bunch of stuff. They had, I think my favourite track of theirs was Shinobi versus Dragon Ninja, um, which is... Uh, you're shaking your head like you don't like it. Don't I, it. I don't think I could tell you one song that they did. I mean, that sounds amazing, obviously. <laughs> Good. Because you're doing it, but... What was, what was weird is they bells. brought out that first album, like, as a rock album, and then they, um, I think that like a track got big maybe it's that track i can't remember and they i hope i remember this right they brought out the album again okay but what they did is reissued but they just put like dj scratching behind it <sighs> and suddenly Fucking it's like hell. this is what they do now <laughs> so it's like oh okay um that's what mc hammer did man <laughs> yeah but it's just like so they just got like a because obviously it's very in at that time to do that in like that rock is- songs Oh, that um, is fucking dreadful. It's like, I remember like the first time I heard these tracks. That's shocking. Like, Motherfucker, it's all this like DJ scratching. There's <laughs> all the shit over the top of it. Wow. Um, it's so weird. Um, anyway, basically the main singer, Ian, uh, not Ian Jury, that's Ian Jury in the Blockheads. Um, Ian Watkins? Ian Watkins or whatever, yeah. Ian Watkins, um, yeah. Not he, Ian Watkins from Steps. Because he, he, gets, he gets tarred with that brush now as well, oh, isn't that's he? that's right, yeah. H. H. Um, H from Steps, which is a pop band, and is he's H from Steps is a homosexual, but he's not a paedophile, as far as we know. As far as we know, um, indeed, yeah. <laughs> and but Ian, yeah, that the bad Ian Watkins, um, like think about like the worst possible like pedo stuff, um, and he was doing it. Obviously, not to talk about it specifically on this podcast or to bring it down. But if you want to, if you want to Google it, then. Fair enough. But it was a big shock to everyone here because they were, they were really big, at least for a while, like a hot minute or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, people were astounded by what came out of that. Um, and he and astounded, life, astounded when Sam made Lost Profits his number two album of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, did not think we'd be talking about Lost Profits uh, on this. No, so number two is a... So I swapped number two for number one at the last minute. Okay. So number, and this was hard for me to do. And I don't know if I regret it or not, but I'm just going to do it anyway. So number two is Fontaine's DC with a hero's death. Um, Dan. Ah, that was a hero's death. Oh dear. Didn't sound very heroic. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, neither does this album. It sounded like a farmer treading in shit or something in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hero's death. Um, Farmer's consternation. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, we've talked about Fontaine's DC before, actually, haven't we? We uh, have, because you liked what, their album Dog Rule, right? I do remember you. I remember you. Talking about um, that. <laughs> <laughs> what you, have we met? <laughs> yeah. What do you, um, what were your thoughts? I thought that some of the criticism that you had for the band's 
such as Proto-Marta and the Ilk. Yeah, here we go. Were, were, were relevant to this here album, A Hero's Death. Um, I thought it was okay. Yeah. I think I, I, did, I did listen to it when it well, earlier in the year. I think with like with Fleet Foxes, I kind of went, "It's okay, nothing wrong with it," um, but I didn't particularly enjoy it, and I didn't think there's anything particularly special about it. I feel like mm-hmm. I've heard this done before. I feel like they're probably fans of a lot of post-punk stuff, mm-hmm. and they're doing a serviceable job of playing some post-punk sounding kind of music. Yes. Um, but yeah, for me, there was no like additional spark. So you tell us. Oh, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think basically what you're saying, I agree with, which is why I nudged it down a bit because I think in my head, as I was listening to it, I think I was more in love with the potential that's there rather than the reality of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sense. So it's still number two, which is obviously very, which is very high. But, um, and I think the songs on there, I'm like, they, they sound, sometimes they sound a bit Joy Division-y. Mm. Sometimes they sound a bit Smiths even. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I think that it's a darker album than what they've done before. And I like that. And I like how, some of the songs, like a couple of them just have this like pretty relentless, like, like drum beat or something. It feels like it never really lets up. It feels like a bit angrier, but never, but as you said, it's like, it doesn't have that kind of edge. There's no rawness or like, it's like they've, they've, it's like they've gone up to like the cliff edge and instead of jumping out into like fuel, a free musical freedom, I don't know whatever, they're like a bit hesitant and it's like, uh-huh. I don't, you know what I mean? It's, it's a really weird way of saying it, but um, like if they took off the less twangy guitars, if they made it a bit more experimental in that regards, like maybe put in, maybe put in some like reverby, shoegazy kind of guitar stuff. They do a bit of it. Why not like pump that up a bit more? Um, and it makes me think of, uh, you know, when we talk about horrors, primary colors, um, yeah it kind of reminds me that they could have gone, I can hear that almost happening in this album, if that makes sense. But, yeah, I can hear a bit of line here. Yeah, but it just didn't quite hit the mark. There's a slight Idlewild vibe to it as well, and I'm not just talking about just because his vocals are regional um, <laughs> and kind of spoken for the most part. Um, it's that there feels like, I don't know. Like, there's. I feel like he's not really saying that much in most of these songs. Um, I feel like they haven't gone. I feel like there's something there, but they just haven't fully realised it yet. But at the same time, when I listen to this album, top to bottom, um, like probably my favourite track of the year is this one. I don't know. It's my favourite track of the year. I don't know. It's one of them basically, which is I don't belong. Um, So let's have a quick listen to that, and then I'll come back and talk about it more.
What did you what did you think about that track actually before we go on? Um again, like listening to it in isolation, uh I quite enjoyed it. Um mm. but I didn't have any yeah particular thoughts. It didn't it didn't make me feel more <laughs> inspired to listen to the album again. Yeah. Um because I think there's an element here where it's like I think of like the Twilight Sad or something. But I think well these guys are like young and they're a bit more like rocky and edgier, but I just feel like they I don't know, like they're trying to like fit in. I don't know, they're trying to like emulate a sound rather than just doing what they should naturally be kind of doing. Um, yeah, but as I was saying, I, I make it sound like it's pure criticism and I'm disappointed by it, which I'm not because it's obviously got so high up. Um, I do really like pretty much every song on this thing and it feels very... Um, step in the right directions felt a bit more uh yeah like a bit more broody mm. broody yeah moody i should say like um darker uh and just a bit more interesting um and i think that like from as well from their previous album all this stuff there's stuff in it which i'm just like this is like it's just like touching greatness but it's not quite there but this album i feel like okay. it's the closest they've kind of got to it um, and I also, the fact that they toured with idols and all this stuff, um, as a support act and they've, in my head, I was like, they've done a much better job in my opinion of bringing out a better album and something that I resonate more with than mm. idols did with ultra mono. Um, no, it's definitely better than that. I agree, agree with you there. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm just uh, like, this is more, it's just more interesting. Like, yeah, it's like they've gone for something a bit like weirder and maybe a bit backward from where I thought they might be going, which is like, I don't know, I hope they weren't going to go in a fucking charlatan's route or something. Um, <laughs> something or too like jangly and indie. Yeah. Um, and it feels like they're not doing that. So, okay. Yeah, and it, so, it was going to be my number one. Um, and it was on there for a while. And then when I was listening back to it, I was just like, it's not like, it's just not, not I, I couldn't, no, I mean, I couldn't really, I didn't really want to move it lower down because I was like, it does f- for me anyway, like I've enjoyed it a lot more than um, a lot of these albums. And I feel like it's better. And also it's like, it's got that thing of I was saying to you before with some of these, which is like, yeah, the album's great, but there's no standout tracks. But with this, I'm like, yeah, this album's, uh, you know, this album's good, um, but it's got a couple of fucking amazing tracks that just push it higher up for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so one to watch, mm. primed for the big time, but must try harder, lads. Yeah, exactly. Must try harder. Um, which brings me to my number one album of 2020, which is, and I hope I say this right, Adrienne Lenka, Songs and Instrumentals, which in theory is actually two albums, but I'm going to call it under one one body of work. Um Right, because yeah. this Spotify thing says the album's just called Songs. Yeah, so what's, so what's it's this other kind thing? Of, it's kind of one piece. Um, I mean, it's it's literally two separate albums, two separate, I mean, I don't really know how to describe it. It's two separate things under the same release. 
So where's instrumentals? If you're looking, it should be on there. If you're looking on Spotify, it should still be there. Was a separate album? Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, what did you think um, as you were listening to this? Oh yeah, instrumentals. Sorry, I didn't listen to that one. I only listened yeah. to songs. Um, what did I think? I didn't enjoy this. I'm afraid to say your number one album of the year. Uh, it's um it's a very sentimental album mm. it's very sappy i thought um and i'll be you know i started out i was like okay this seems okay next song was like yeah it's getting a bit a bit much now and i think the song anything uh track three was the moment where i thought "Mm, this is just a bit cloying for me uh, I, don't, I don't think I can handle any much more. Right. What, saccharine? Yeah. It's yeah. all like, I'm going to give you loads of love. And I was thinking, God, this woman's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> She's too earnest. Imagine her sitting there playing a guitar, being like, God, I'm just so in love with you. you just, I'll pack it in love. <laughs> Ever the, ever the romantic. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay, well, well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I am soppy <laughs> at, at heart, I guess. Um, I know this is, by the way, this has got small, uh, small font. I was you know about I mean? to say. Yeah. Not just um, the songs. Bloody no album cap- title. Exactly, yeah. No capital letters whatsoever. All lower caps. Um, she is foreign though, so maybe, you know, her <laughs> off give, it, give her a break. So I think what I liked about it is that um, I've had it on in the background a lot um, since it was released. And uh, I'm going to be honest, I feel like it has... It kind of brings, this is going to sound so lame, but whatever. It kind of brings me back to um, when I was like in the middle of nowhere in Americasville, basically. Mm. Um, And this kind of stuff would like float in and float out. And like, I was kind of like by myself in these weird places around America. Um, And there was something like quite sad and melancholy about it. And I feel like this album like taps right into that um and it feels as you said it's very earnest um it's very lo-fi and quite sweet and small and i just like the idea that it's just this one person this one woman um Mm. just kind of just putting it all out there but it feels like very earnest like one of the albums that um i do really like and a lot of people really like is uh Boniver forever, forever ago, or whatever. Mm. And the kind of people love the story behind it, which is that um, he went out to a cabin and he made that album or whatever yeah. after breaking up with his girlfriend. Um, I think that's been disproven <laughs> since, <laughs> but people are still in love with it. Um, but here, by the sounds of it, I don't know why some, they would lie, maybe they did lie about it, but it's but this one. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> so she went to, um, she got a divorce, a mutually, uh, um, 
a mutual divorce, basically from her husband who was in. So she's in a band called Big Thief, which is what I, I listen to them. They and were, they're good. I like them. Yeah. So Big Thief um, were one of the guys that, one of the bands that had released stuff that I was listening to this year that was actually in 2019. Yeah. Um, funny enough, but she's a woman in that and she married the guitarist when they were like 23 or something. Um, and right. yeah, they got divorced, um, but they're still like good friends and all this stuff and whatever. Um, basically she went out into the forests of Western Massachusetts um, because the tour that the Big Thief were going to be on obviously got cancelled because of COVID or whatever. Yeah. And she just stayed. So she's had this like, breakup essentially. She stayed in this one room cabin that was um, next to her sister or something that who had her partner who was a audio engineer. Hey. And basically they just, yeah, and basically they just sat in this cabin and she just recorded it. Like, so this is like her McCartney three, yeah. Well, pretty much, yeah. And it's um, and it's like you know, there's stuff like you hear like the ambience around it, um, and if there's stuff like creaking or like it feels, you know, whatever. It's like that's all stuff that's kind of going on at the time. That's not something that's produced or been added in, you know, later on mm. down the line. Um, this is the one that's got a lot of like birds, yeah. Because I was and listening to this on headphones and I got really confused because I was listening quite late at night and I did think the birds were coming from outside. Right, okay. Uh, um, yeah, no, that's all uh, That's all real stuff that happened. It's, all, hmm. it's not been added, apparently. It's all what was happening at that exact time, um, which is nice. It's recorded completely analogue as well. No digital to it apparently um unless obviously you're listening to it digitally yeah <laughs> um and uh yeah it's just very i felt it's very small very personal very beautiful and uh i don't know there was some there were, i ha- i have i can understand where you're coming from for some reason i have seemed to have formed some personal <laughs> attachment to this sound and this album this music that seems to have resonated enough to make it the number one album um, of the year for me. Wow. What's your favourite song? Um, well, I've put anything to listen to, that, which you said was the one you turned <laughs> off. <laughs> that was the um, straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Weirdly, um, it's, how do I put this? It's, you can kind of dip in and out of it because it kind of, this is maybe doing it a disservice, but it does generally sound the same track in track out i i kind of been listening which i know goes against everything i've just said for all the other albums but um i i don't have i think they're all really great because they all kind of sound how i want them to sound <laughs> um but i guess like anything is probably one of the more you know radio friendly tracks so i guess let's have a listen to that and if you want to have a cry, you can do. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to judge you. I'll judge you later and tell, you, tell all my friends. But um, <laughs> listeners, uh, yeah, this is anything. Do it. 
That's it then. That was the top 10 albums of 2020 from my perspective. Cool. What were your, um, um was there anything that you particularly, that particularly stood out that you particularly thought, I'm going to definitely going to uh, drop everything and listen to that as soon as, um, yeah, well, working men's club, mm. which I did. I just, I just, like I said, I listened to it three times in a row. Uh, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to, Listen to that RTJ4 all the mm. way through. Um, and, you know, Mets is already on my radar. Mm. Maybe I'll keep uh, keep going with that. Mm. Um, I think really, like, the, the, the real, yeah, Working Men's Club was the real revelation because I wouldn't have listened to that otherwise. I haven't seen anyone talking about it. And to be honest, if I heard that name and saw a picture of them, I would actually probably be quite Skip judgmental it. about yeah. it because <laughs> they look very young and, you know, um, I think other than that, like uh, Mary Lattimore, yeah, um, I really liked, and that was a bit of a revelation. That hasn't been on my radar at all. Mm. And um, I keep forgetting her name, Hani Arani. Mm. Yeah. So I think I'll probably download both those albums and, and put them on my uh, my MP3 player. <laughs> Give them a proper yeah, listen. Nothing. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird year. Well, generally, but. Um... It's not, it's just not been anything that has, I think, you know, I was saying this last week when we were doing your one, there's not been anything that's particularly astounded me or anything. It's been, it's been more like, this is nice. Or like, I really enjoyed this, but nothing where I was like, fuck, like my jaws hit the floor. This has blown my world apart. And this has to be the, this is the music of now or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, likewise. The stuff that I get really excited about is is like all the stuff from the sixties and seventies that I've been listening to mm. more and more. I think my number one, you know, King Crawl. I think like again, you know, rating systems a bit of an archaic thing to do, but I think I gave it like a, a low eight. Mm. So there wasn't like anything that really like blew me away. It was like totally essential listening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. I know. I know you got a turntable for Christmas. Mm, I did to enjoy this album, your favourite album, fully in analog, as it's intended to be listened to. Are you going to be investing in a vinyl copy of songs? Then it's already done. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Sitting <laughs> on top there. I have to. T- oh, cool. I'll, I'll show you what I've got because I've got more stuff coming as well. Nice. I've kind of. I've kind of gone a bit mad, but I thought I will get them all together. Yeah. Annoyingly, and I didn't realise this, it's boring, but like one of the shops, I can't remember which one that I ordered through, um, I ordered like four or five records and one of them was a pre-order. Um, and then I was like, where the fuck is it? And it's like, oh, we send them all out at the same time. So you have to wait until February 2021 or whatever. Oh, and nice. I was like, fuck's sake, just send me them. You can't. Um, so I think it's a bit of a harsh word to use for, <laughs> to use for that. But um, it's like, well, can't you just send me that one separately? 
But um, yeah, I just didn't realize how bloody expensive. I mean, I know you've said it before, but um, God, blimey, yeah. getting any like decent vinyl um, costs yeah. an arm and a leg. Well, I had a bit of a grumble about Paul McCartney because that album, and I'm not talking about, well, all the special edition ones retailed, but it was the same price as the standard black vinyl. One mm. disc. One disc. This isn't like special, limited, or deluxe. Mm. Thirty-three pounds or thirty-three US dollars. I think that is outrageous. Yeah, it's outrageous. That is bad. I mean, like I've been. One of the things I won't go into this is that I bought a whole bunch of video game music from Mondo. Um, Have you? Of oh, course. Cool. Yeah. Got caught at customs, didn't it? Had to pay an extra fifty quid. <sighs> Ouch. And I was like, I didn't believe it at first. I thought someone, someone's fucking hacked me. Something's going on. Yeah. And I contacted them and I was like, what the fuck is this? And then as I went through DHL and all this stuff, that like, yeah, 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 customs, you haven't paid, you haven't paid VAT on this. I was Shit. like, fuck you. you. Fuck. But I was like, I tallied it up. And if I would have bought them in England compared to having just got them shipped over with this customs on, I was like, I... I've still saved like ten pounds or something. So I've I've been yeah. stung a few times like that, and I'm, I'm I hardly ever buy anything from the US now. I'm really wary of it. Yeah, I don't know. I think you've got to buy little, basically, and often yeah. rather than thinking that it's going to be better to kind of put it all in one one big lot. Um, uh, but anyway, we better uh, call an end to this. So um, next week, guys, we are going to be doing. Death Stranding, which is a game I've been talking about for ages on here anyway, and part of the Minisodes. And yeah, we're going to give it um, give it a go. Uh, but thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed that, and that you know there might be some stuff there that people might go out and and uh, you know enjoy. Yeah, their own and keep on keep on spinning on into twenty twenty one, people. Exactly. Get your we're already on. it's already flying in our faces the new releases, mm. exactly. and you can keep up to date with them. <laughs> Yeah. checking out dreadful dance discs yes where can they find that instagram and youtube what's your instagram handle it's in the episode description by the way guys but what's in the what's on the handle at dreadful dance discs nice so check it out yeah. and thank you very much guys and we'll see you on the next one goodbye bye Thank you for listening to Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. If you want to get in touch with us or get a movie, album or game put on our list to discuss, then email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com or a newwinterpodcast at gmail.com. This is part of a New Winter Podcast Network, so head on over to anewwinter.net to check out our other shows. You can also follow us on Instagram at anewwinter, Twitter at anewwinter, and you can head on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash anewwinter. Thanks for listening and see you again soon. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.